Now, just to recap, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about water and thirst. I was talking from Isaiah 35 and John chapter 4 about how Jesus talked about spiritual thirst. And he promised a stream of living water, a wellspring, would rise up within those that would put their trust in him. We talked about our vision to see communities transformed with the love of Jesus, to see Jesus' love transform communities. That's the vision. And the picture of a well is because when his love impacts a life, it changes the dry place to streams and to forests, in fact. So when he comes, his life, it, it reverses death into life. Where there's dryness, there becomes fruitfulness. And so our vision is to see that happen in multiple uh, communities and to keep doing that as the Lord leads us, including the communities where you and I live. And then last week, uh, we were really blessed by David's ministry to talk about what does that belonging mean? What does belonging to this church family look like in terms of, because we belong to Jesus, out of that, what would that look like for us going forward as a church family? To belong to each other because we belong to Jesus. What does that really look like in 2021? After all the pandemic nonsense, after the distance that we've all felt from each other, after the confusion and, and the depression, all that we have worked through, now is the time for us to refocus and look to the future and do that together. Can I hear an amen? That's what we're here to do today, and we're going to do that with those believers a little bit later on. But the question ultimately... It's not about a series of value statements or a, a vision statement. The question ultimately is where is Jesus leading us? Where is he leading us personally? Where is he leading us as a family? Now, one of the, one of the most famous Jesus followers in history, of course, is the Apostle Paul. And he planted loads of churches. In fact, if it wasn't for his ministry, who knows uh, if there was anyone else that would have achieved what he achieved for the Lord. But he wasn't obsessed with church planting. He wasn't obsessed with building a big church or a big network. He was obsessed with following Jesus. And in his letter to the church in Corinth, I'm going to read you a few verses, and it should come up on the screen. This is a whistle-stop tour of a letter he wrote to a church that was in danger of compromise. They were at risk of watering down their followership of Jesus. They were rich in compromising and kind of having one foot in following their own desires and another foot actually in following Jesus. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of compromise. In the midst of that, this is what the Apostle Paul says at the beginning of chapter 2. And then we'll go to 4, then we'll go to chapter 10. He says this. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, trembling, and my message and my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul said, I, well, I came to you with one message, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. He goes on to unpack what this looks like, and, and he's pleading with them amongst all the factions and disagreements that they're having in this letter that he addresses. I'm going to pick up, and this is in chapter 4 from verse 10. He says this, Our dedication to Christ makes us, he's talking about him and his apostolic team, he says, Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. 
But you claim to be so wise in Christ. We're weak, but you're so powerful. You're honoured, we're ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty. We don't even have enough clothes to keep warm. We're often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We're patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. Listen to this. I'm not writing to you these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. He says, imitate me. Hold on to that idea. Imitate me. That's why I said, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, he reminds you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Timothy will remind you how Paul follows Jesus. He follows Jesus. He doesn't follow his own ideas. He, he says time and time again, I'm following Jesus. I wonder if we can say that about the decisions that we've made in our lives, that we have followed Jesus. I, I wonder if I can say that. I certainly would love to be able to say, uh, you know, I want that song. If anyone's at my funeral, that song we just sang, I want that at my funeral. And I want it to be with honor because every single decision I made, as much as possible, was led by Jesus himself. I want to grow into that anyway. At the end of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, there's a discussion about uh, food and what food is right to eat and what isn't. And there's an argument about these things and Paul's trying to sort this out. And he says this in verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And then he says these famous words. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's the word for today. When he says I try to please everyone, he doesn't mean play cake. He means I, I try to make good on my promises to everyone as a leader. And then he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now, that sounds pretty arrogant, doesn't it? Does that sound arrogant to anyone, anyone else? Does it mean, follow me as I follow Christ? Well, well, what are you, Paul? No, actually, he's just being honest. My life is worth nothing without Jesus. And with all that I am, Paul says, I am seeking to imitate Christ. So, Follow my example. In other words, he's saying, hey, everyone, let's imitate Jesus. Let's go there together. Please, church in Corinth, please, don't be half-hearted. Please, don't be divided in your loyalties. Please, don't try and please yourself. In fact, he says early on in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, it doesn't matter where you fall into a policy. What matters is the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, follow me and let's plant loads of churches. He doesn't say, follow me and let's build big buildings. He doesn't say, follow me and let's have a logo. Let's make a name for ourselves. He, he simply says, follow me because I'm following Jesus. And you know what? If I'm following Jesus and you follow me and we follow Jesus, we're going to be all right. And they were, and he planted countless churches. In fact, he, the whole wave of Asia Minor was converted to follow Jesus because of this man. He says, follow me or imitate me just as I follow Christ. And the just as is this, 
So just as is not because, but it's only in as much I follow Jesus. And, and I'm here together with the rest of the senior leadership team here saying, only follow us in Wellspring Church in as much as we follow Jesus. Can anyone hear me? Please, whatever you do, only follow any leader in your life in as much as they are following Jesus. And that's why I'm asking the question today, Lord, would you lead us forward? And I'm going to do a whistle-stop tour in a minute of the incredible history of this church family. And you'll see incredible things have happened. But you know what? What matters today is that by the time we go through those doors with our stomachs full, hallelujah. And I'm sorry at home if that excludes. I don't even want to exclude. You have a big meal. And uh, pretend you're joined with the curry. Oh, sorry, I don't want to overdo it, but it's going to be great. But as we leave and as we go home, that we would all be in a place where we could say, okay, Lord Jesus, we're following you. We're not following Tim and Helen, the rest of the leadership team. We're actually following them in as much as they follow you. Lord, please, and that's my prayer, guys, please follow us. Because we're following Jesus. I want to pray, and then we're going to go through some funny pictures that you'll love to see. Lord, I don't come today with eloquent words, with a great presentation, Lord. I simply want to say, Lord, with this incredible group of people that you've gathered together at this time, for such a time as this, I simply want to say, Lord, we, we want to follow you. We want to pursue you with every fiber in our body, with every corner of our heart, about you, Jesus. So Lord, help us to imitate you and may people see us and point to you. So Lord, have your way. Even as we honour all that you've done in the past will lead us into the future. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Now, I want to use a few things here. Um, today, I want to talk about a shovel, a bucket, Chicken and a leaf. Anyone want to hear about that? Anyone want to hear about the shovel? The bucket? The chicken? Some of you looking at that saying, that's a rooster, not a chicken. Look, for the sake of today, that's a chicken. And his name's Charlie. All right, we'll come to that. And, uh, and a leaf. In the 1950s, there was a man called George Reed, full of the Holy Spirit. G.W. Reed at this time had the call of God to come to Watford with a small group of others and to establish the first Assemblies of God church here in this town. In fact, there's a picture here um, of, see that little kind of uh, corrugated iron uh, hut behind? That was the first building. And it's now under a load of concrete where Atria is. It's inside the ring road. There's a little wedding group. That's the only picture we could find. 1950s, he came with a shovel and he dug a well. And he and the other believers there believed that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were inspired by people like Smith Wigglesworth, who traveled all over the country, you know, to dig wells in the Spirit, to go deep in the soil and believe that God would bring the life that comes from Jesus, living water. We thank God for D.W. Reed. Can I hear an amen? He was following Jesus. As a group of people over the years, through the 50s and 60s and 70s, uh, just a small group of people 
Sunday after Sunday, week after week, we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Seeing people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they dug and they drank and they dug and they drank and they dug and they drank. Generations of just faithful worship here in this town. People will never meet until glory of this city. Then in the 1980s, there was a, a well digger, a man called Alan Vincent. Alan Vincent was a, a gifted, uh, he was actually a, a scientist, had an amazing experience of God's power. That's how he became a follower of Jesus. And he was a well digger. Here's a picture of him. Look at that. And uh, he was a well digger and a bucket carrier. What I mean by that is, in some places he was involved in digging wells, spiritual wells in places all over India. In fact, now there are tens of thousands of churches in the villages where he and his team were ministering, places like Hyderabad, other parts of India. But he was a bucket carrier. So where there were dry places, he would take the water from the well and he would distribute it to places that needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for Alan Vincent. died just a short time ago. I thank God for him because he then, after many years in uh, India and as a, a traveling teacher, uh, he came to Watford. And there was a small group of people in Bedman Village Hall, about 20 people, that were meeting together. And they said that there's a well still, spiritual well. In fact, I think there's a physical spring in Bedman. But anyway, there is a church that was established in a tiny village hall of about 20 people. Alan and Eileen Vincent, they came with, if you like, their bucket and their shovel. And within a very short space of time, there were five congregations, maybe about 600 people under the team that they built uh, that was called West Park Community Church. They were digging. They were passing on the water. The shovel and the bucket were in their hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in the 90s. Then in uh, the mid-90s, a couple called Gordon and Rachel Hickson. Amazing couple. Uh, Rachel, you'll love this picture. Okay, let me explain this picture, okay? This is actually from a news article, uh, because in the 90s, they were um, with Reinhard Bonnke. They were on his team traveling through Africa. They're in Africa. And incredible things happening through uh, the Reinhard Bonnke mission. And on one night, there was a Ferrari outside where they were living. And they went out to attend to where there'd been a vehicle crash. And a huge truck piled into Gordon and Rachel uh, outside their house. She was pinned between uh, a car and this massive truck. This, uh, I think it was like an army truck. Amazingly, she came away with only a couple of broken bones. And radical, amazing, miraculous healing. And uh, after that period, uh, they do look so young there. Um, that's great. So after this, they came actually at the invitation of Alan Eilley to Watford. And they came to tend the well that was West Park Community Church. In fact, they were part of seeing those individual congregations uh, on their own feet in Garston and Hemel Hempstead and here in Watford and with a guy called Alan Vincent. Um, and uh, Alan Stevens and others, they established what was, became Watford Community Church. Lord, I want to thank you so much for Gordon and Rachel. I want to thank you for their well digging and well tending and their bucket carrying and for all the lives they impacted. Hallelujah. Then in 1998, the most uh, life-changing... 
shovel and the bucket were handed to us. <laughs> and in that quite bizarre, crazy thing of people like Gordon and Rachel and Bernie and Maureen Howe, who had such incredible ministry, so much maturity, they handed over their, the shovel and their bucket to me in heaven. And uh, we couldn't say no to Jesus. In fact, on the 1st of November in 1998, as Tony Morton, a great apostolic spiritual father, as he laid hands on us, the abiding image I had as I closed my eyes was of Jesus just over to my left, offering his hand, saying, come on, let's go. And I can't even describe fully the emotion of that moment because if, if it wasn't for that hand, this is the most ridiculous, stupid thing to ever say yes to. But because of the hand of Jesus, and that's all we've done, that's all we've ever done, is try to hold on to the hand of Jesus. He was leading us to lead this church. I was 24 years old at the time. Within six months, we were battling uh, a, terminal, a kind of terminal diagnosis of Helen uh, with cancer. We were told that she was going to die. An untreatable cancer. It was a huge spiritual battle. We thank God for the pronouncement of healing. And then we thank God for the secondary infertility that we had for five years. And we thank God that, that Hannah was born in 2003. 2003 was an amazing year. Because it was the breaking of barrenness in our own family. But some other things happened as well. A man standing at the back, or sitting at the back, um, Ron Hibbert, called me over to his house. And there's a picture of Ron. That's what you used to look like. <laughs> and Gretel, he must <laughs> Ron called me over to his house, and, he said <laughs> and Ron said, Tim, uh, it's time to broaden your horizons. And it's time, this is my language, not his, time to get the shovel in the bucket and to cross the sea. And what began there as part of the Assemblies of God World Ministries team was an adventure for everyone in the church. For us as a family, taking our kids, for us as a family, going to different places and running women's uh, conferences and helping plant churches. Uh, Ron, I owe so much to you. We, Helen and I owe so much to you and Gretel. Because if you hadn't said, look, broaden your horizons, pick the bucket up, we could have just been safe and monitoring and pastoring a safe little group of believers. But actually, God did something amazing in 2003. Not only that, but we had a, a prophetic uh, a couple, Peter and Marriott Scott, who are dear friends of ours. Uh, we got a picture of them here. In 2003, in March, Peter prophesied from John chapter 4, which I spoke from a couple of weeks ago, about water and wealth. And this is in the context of global economic uh, meltdown that he described. He said, there's coming a time when uh, the whole economy is going to be shot to pieces. And in the midst of that, he said, this church will, will establish a well of revival. And this is where, if you like, he got the shovel out and dug a bit deeper. Now, initially, we didn't really pay attention. We didn't really listen that much. But after a while, the Lord reminded us to get the CD out, the recording of that prophecy, and to pick it up. And we began to dream and, and pray because his prophecy was about a physical piece of land being given to us as a church. So we could see this well of revival become something that was living and real. And true enough, in 2006, the conversation began that brought us into the story of this building. Thank you, God, for Ron and Gretel. Thank you, God, for Peter and Marriott. Thank you, Lord, for giving us 
your patience while we caught up with what you're actually doing. Thank you, Lord. And so we had shovel and bucket in hand, and we started to go to different places to go and dig and share. And the water from the well here in Watford went to Slovakia to establish a church in a completely, uh, just a closed-off religious community to see a church established there in Baton Rouge, in Sierra Leone, in Burkina Faso. And I'll come to Charlie in a minute. Incredible things happened. We even saw literal wells dug in Sudan, in a village in the middle of absolutely nowhere, 24 hours from the nearest tarmac road in any, any direction. We saw a physical well dug for that village. In fact, two wells were dug during that time. We saw the town centre chaplaincy established here in Watford and many other things, the shovel and the bucket. And then in 2009, there was this moment of the groundbreaking of this piece of land. And in this picture, you'll see our drummer today. (laughs) And also Roy Andrews. Roy, at at that time, other than uh, Ron and Gretel, was the only remaining member of Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. And now he's going back to the 50s and 60s. And there he is with the shovel in hand to dig the first piece of soil here on this piece of land that was given to us by Watford Council for nothing. 125 year lease on a piece of council land given to us for nothing. Just six months after this picture was taken, we began to dig foundations in this place. The site foreman called me over to this site and said, Tim, you have to see this. You never guess what we found. And it was a 15-meter stone-lined industrial well on this piece of land. And it had been the water source for the Benskin Brewery that was a regional provider of joy. <laughs> There's a few men. Underneath the ladies' toilet downstairs, that well sits. We decided actually to cap it off. <laughs> to expect us to do anything else. Isn't that amazing? The shovel and the bucket. And from here, people have gone to other nations. Some people have joined this church for a while and, and left to go to other places, to other churches in Watford, to other places. And I believe they've taken the water from this well. It's incredible. We say, thank you, God. I, I wanted to show you a picture, actually, um, going back. Can we have the picture from 2004? Um, if those are uh, listening, there's a picture of us as a church family uh, gathered outside um, Watford Girls Grammar School. And many of those people that were in that picture there, many have gone on, some to other communities, some have gone to glory, some of them are still in this room. And from that we've just seen God do so much in people's lives. And it hasn't been easy, it hasn't always been, I don't want to brush over all the agony and the inconvenience, and the sacrifice. But we're still here today, church, with a shovel and a bucket. And our determination is to keep doing that. You know, in 2016, a group of people went uh, to Burkina Faso, one of our go teams, to Tapokadeni. Uh, it's a village in Burkina Faso. At that time, I think it was maybe the eighth or ninth village that we'd been directly involved in raising funds and taking teams to plant a church in, completely unreached village. 
And the picture there, the guy with the red shirt, um, is Nathan Sabuth, uh, who's our treasurer, one of our senior leadership team. And uh, the man looking on is actually one of the locals, a builder, and he couldn't understand why we were out in the middle of the day building. He was laughing at it, like, what are you doing? So, well, we're helping you build. It's like, yeah, but we build at seven in the morning, and then we finish when the sun comes up. Anyway, Nathan, we dug the foundations there for uh, a pastor's house. A year later, we go back to Takedeni, and the next picture is what we found. And this is a church, an Assembly of God church, that we were able to be there. And uh, there was a powerful ceremony where the keys were handed over to me to give to the pastor of the church. And we prayed and we knelt in the dust and we prayed God's blessing on his family, on his marriage. It was an incredible moment. We were all part of that. If you were part of the church in those days, you gave finances to make that possible. You gave finances to help that building there. And it's still standing today and the church is still there today, growing and thriving. And you know what? A little man came up to me at the end. And in fact, Moe Dutta, who's the apostolic leader there, said, Tim, um, there's a man here and he wants to give you something. And I'm in the middle of kind of praying a blessing. And he said, Tim, you need to, he, he wants to give you a chicken. And I'm like, that's happened many times. In fact, Helen's traveled many times. In fact, this has happened more to Helen than me. Whenever Helen would go there, they'd always, she'd always end up with four or five chickens. I'm kind of a one chicken preacher, I think. So, so there's this little man who wants to give you a chicken. It's like, well, I know what will happen is we'll put it in the back of the car, then we'll have little chicken for dinner tomorrow or something. And there's this little man. I look down, and between everyone, he presents me with this. And we instantly called him Charlie. He's not a chicken, he's a rooster, but we'll call him Charlie the Chicken. And on that day, I recognized that, that we as a church were involved in something that is kind of ridiculous, kind of amazing, that we had taken a bit of the water and a bit of a shovel, and there's now a village there where someone would take the time, take the time, a piece of wood that could have been on a fire would take the time to carve a chicken for us to bring back to England so we don't forget to pop it in, and we don't do it. Isn't that awesome? I love Charlie. Everyone who comes into the office goes, why have you got that? I said, the reason is because we were given to us by a little elder of a church, a church that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the water of this well. Thank God for Charlie. And there's so many things I haven't mentioned that I could. In 2020, there's another groundbreaking. Some of you were here outside this building. You might remember this moment around and dug another hole in the ground to begin the groundwork for the extension of this building. You know, we are only a few hundred thousand pounds away from being able to extend this building. Somebody's like, wow, that's a lot. It's like, to God, that's not a lot. Can I hear it amen? To God, that's not a lot. We're just a few hundred thousand pounds away from being able to extend this building and to, to finish digging what was dug here for the next generation. The bucket and the shovel and the only thing that has been worth anything in all of this is when we've done the things that Jesus asked us to do. When we've done things because they're clever leadership, they have come to nothing. 
when we as leaders have gone to a conference and someone says, hey, guess what, guys, this is what you need to do. And we go back from the conference and say, guess what, we know what we need to do. And we've applied human logical reasoning and clever leadership to try and see things extended. When we've done that, can I honestly tell you, it's come to nothing. It hasn't worked. It hasn't borne the fruit we wanted it to. And that means there's loads of disappointment along the way. So that's why it's important that we say together as a church family today, Lord Jesus, we only want to do what you want us to do. That is all. So imitate me as I imitate Christ. Only in as much as that happens. And I'll come to the least in a moment. But this is, this is your senior leadership team, warts and all. And this is what we're saying now. We're saying, let's follow Christ. Let's follow him in our personal lives, in the decisions that we make, in how we are with our spouse, in how we raise the next generation, in how we are in our workplaces. This, this is your team, and it, is, it does look like a rose gallery. But myself and Helen and Maggie and David, Alex and Ola, Joe and Nathan, what we're simply saying together with David's pastoral leadership team and, and the Grow Group leaders, and we're just saying, look, guys, can we just make an agreement together? We do not want to expand the ministry of Wellspring Church. Can I hear an amen? Online, can I hear an amen to that? We're not trying to build a mega church. Trying to follow a mega Jesus. We're trying to follow him. And many will come and drink of him and be satisfied. So when it comes to belong today, we're simply inviting you to make a heartfelt decision. And if this is not, this doesn't resonate with you, or you think, I'd like to ask more questions, or I'm not quite ready for that, honestly, it's okay. But for some of us, we want to pick up this leaf that's near us, and I'll explain what we're going to do about it. See, the leaf is a sign of growth. Uh, a leaf is about being planted. You might want to pick your leaf up now, actually, and uh, just grab your leaf. And there's some pens that are going to be handed around. And this is what we're going to do together. And just while the pens are going to be handed around. And if you're at home, in no way are you to be excluded from this. I know you can't pick up a physical leaf and put it into the keyboard or the screen. But there is going to be a way for you to take part in this as well, okay? So this is for everyone. And those who are watching... uh, in catch up, you can also take part in this moment. That's what we're going to do. For all those who want to say, if you like, never mind the past, never mind where I've been or what I've done, from today onwards, I want to grow in this place. I belong to Jesus, but I also belong to this church family. Then the invitation is to write your name on the leaf with the pens you're going to be given. And you might need to share the pens around. Just simply write your name. You might want to draw a little picture or write it in your own language. But write your name on this leaf. This is the invitation. And at home, uh, the invitation for you is going to be to simply put, if you're in the chat on uh, Facebook and YouTube, you can just say, I belong, and we know your name because it's there. Or you can uh, text or email your name uh, to either prayer at wellspring-church.org or the, the number is 07858 
147465. Okay, that's the number if you're watching online or catching up. You can just write your name and we want everyone to be included. And this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to, in the presence of God, we're going to um, post these little leaves. If we can have that alongside, you'll see that outside on the corridor just here, there is a big board that says belong. And in the prospect in the front, there is little holes. And so we, we haven't, you understand, we haven't filed this with a hundred leaves. We're going to just see how this goes. Is you're going to simply poke your leaves into one of the letters. And we're going to fill them with leaves. And by doing that, we're saying, God, we want you to grow us in this place. And we belong to this. So see the holes on the screen there? Um, you can just poke them in. And you might need to shove them in a bit, and we might need to get a hairdryer at some point to spread them out nicely. Uh, but just shove those in as your commitment. And if you are watching at home and you're joining us online, someone will write your name on a leaf, and uh, the team will put those in there for you. Now, one final thing uh, before we pray. Uh, and that is, if you are not sure about this and you want more time, there will be opportunities later on for you to do this. And you are not less of a Christian if you don't do this in this moment, okay? If you're here as a guest, then I assure you understand this is a family occasion, something we're doing together. Please don't feel in any way excluded. This is something we're inviting those to do that want to, with no pressure at all. Amen? But in the end, in the end, what we're saying to Jesus today is, Lord, we want to be like you, we want to live like you. We want to pray like you. Lord Jesus, we want to have faith like you. We want to love like you. We want to love each other like you, Lord. That's what we're saying. We want to live like you. We want to love like you. And we know we can't do that without the Holy Spirit among us and in us. So we say, come home.